The Get This Podcast is brought to you by my WordPress web development agency brand, K2 Creative. You can visit getthispodcast.com slash K and the numeral two. That's getthispodcast.com slash K2 and click book a discussion for a free 30-minute discussion on anything related to WordPress. I'll be happy to help. Whether you need a new website or you have an existing site, you're not happy with the speed, you're not happy with the security, you need plugins updated, you're having issues, your developer ran off to Costa Rica, you don't know where to find him or her, we can help. My team builds websites that drive millions of page views a year. We can help with membership, e-commerce. If it's in WordPress, we can make it happen. Visit getthispodcast.com slash K2 and click the book a discussion link and I'll be happy to help with whatever you need in WordPress. Hey everybody, this is Kevin Couchman with the podcast Get This. It's the show about things people love. I'm coming to you from upstate Manhattan, lower Connecticut, and I'm joined by my very good friend, my brother from another mother, Brad Kelly. Brad Kelly, how are you? Fantastic, man. Yeah. I love it. You're as always everybody as everybody says at work, live in the dream, which is <laughs> so annoying that I'm gonna strangle the next one, but yeah, there's a there's a movie there where you, somebody wakes up to the fact they're in a simulation and the glitch is whenever someone says live in the dream, <laughs> live in the dream, baby. Totally. Everything it. goes static for a second. <laughs> uh, and you wake up and you find out you're a battery. Uh, so it is Tuesday, October 15th in the foul year of our Lord 2019. Looking forward to 2020 and all of the clarity and clear vision that's going to bring. Mm-hmm. Because numbers mean things, and uh, I'm already starting to feel it. I'm starting to feel feel a little more clarity in my life. Brad, how are you? Uh, I wouldn't say clarity, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's not, I, I'm not trying to replace a negative term for clarity. I just that's not the adjective I'd go for. Mm, but yeah, opacity. Good things, good things are coming. And uh, since get this is the show about things people love, Brad. What is the thing you love that we're going to talk about today on on this episode? I love many things, but I wanted to talk about the first season only of True Detective. True Detective. Now, I remember when this came out. This is a is a series. You can stream it. Uh, it is available on most of the streaming services. You have to pay unless you have yeah. HBO. Uh, I do recall this came out, I think it was like maybe the first year after I had moved to New York, like five years ago. I think it was 2014, I believe. Yeah. And it felt like a milestone. It felt yeah, it like was, a big deal. It was real good. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, it wasn't, it, it, it's not like it uh, kicked off the whole um, TV being good again thing by any means. I mean, that was years earlier, but I feel like. I could be wrong here, but it felt like a marked a beginning of like major Hollywood actors moving into the TV space. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm, it's a false, false memory, but it seems like it. I mean, you've got Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson, none of neither of whom needed this for their career by any means. You know, um, it certainly both, marked yeah, the beginning of the anthology 
revival, yes. I believe. Because yeah. Fargo came along after that. Which yep. Fargo, uh, not to take anything away from Fargo, because I think Fargo is an excellent show, but there seems to be a little bit of a borrow there in terms of the anthology mm. thing and the mm, some of the vibe of it even. Mm. Um, though Fargo is a lot more fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think True Detective was a milestone. It felt like, and obviously it's prestige viewing. It's HBO, so it's not getting numbers like uh, the NFL or anything like that. But right. it it did kind of capture a moment too, and there was a there was a certain dark mood to the country in a way that oh, yeah. this this almost feels kind of predictive. And of course, you get you get American Horror Story following on this. I think mm-hmm. uh, I think the anthology series. So it, it, it's that that the form itself of television being stretched and changed mm-hmm. to to tell different kinds of stories. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, there isn't any reason to call the follow up seasons True Detective, right? Other than you're basically telling the audience like. Hey, it's the similar creators taking another crack at it, essentially. Mm-hmm. But the actors are all different. The time, the time is different. The setting is different. Um, I haven't actually seen any of the follow-ups at season two or season three. I just stuck with one, and I was like, ah, I'll just leave it there, to be I, honest. I got enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. this and the Dallas Buyers Club mm. comprise the reconnaissance. It was yes. McConaughey really coming back, and he won his Oscar. This yeah. was a big deal. And uh, all right. Yeah, we right, realized. Right. He, yeah, yeah. I think people start. That was yeah. The reconnaissance. He's not just uh, you know, abdominal muscles and like you know, <laughs> like a charming southern Texas accent. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, this is an and interesting it, choice. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brad. Talk. Well, talk to me. I've seen the whole. I've watched the whole th- season th- through probably three times. I mean, I watched it right when it came out, and then I had a period of time. I remember when I was living in. In Rochester, New York, where I didn't have internet, and this is one of those shows that I had saved to my external hard drive. You know, it's like my secret, no internet available cache of media to just watch. <laughs> that um, was that was me tonight. Spotify stopped working, and I'm yeah. sitting here, and I and I and the first thing I do is I go on Twitter, and I'm like, is Spotify not working? And then I looked up, and I'm like, I've got five hundred dollars worth of vinyl. Right, <laughs> right here, <laughs> and you're freaking out. And, like, and, the, and David Bowie's ghost is over here yeah. crying and snorting cocaine. He's like, "Kevin, put on Let's Dance." <laughs> I'm like, "All right, David." <laughs> uh, yeah, but but so yeah, so I watched it again because um, my fiance hadn't seen it, and uh, I wanted to share it with her. And you know, she's into like the true crime pro- podcast kind of stuff, and so I thought it would be, you know. We we are down to with our schedule. We're down to watching one episode of something a week. That is our uh, video <laughs> video consumption at this point. Whoa! Um, so so you know we uh, so we watched that and you know I fell in love with it again. But you know it's one of those things for me more than a lot of TV shows that I've watched and even a lot of movies is that um, it's more a little bit more like a book for me because my mm. perspective has changed like. I'm coming at it as a different person, even though not that much time has passed. So in particular, I see uh, the the whole show is really, you know, it's got this whole like swamp cults, murder mystery, serial <laughs> yeah. killer thing going, right? So there's that, which is really compelling. But then there's the whole relationship of Matthew McConaughey's character, Russ Cole, and Woody Harrelson's character, uh, Mar- Marty Hart. And like the first time I ever watched it, I was in a different space. So Russ Cole 
philosophical pessimism fucking you know the you know enduring the psychosphere and and like time is a flat circle and just you know not like that kind of appealed to me and then like not and marty hart just seemed like a goofball and now like mm. you know now like whatever five years later which isn't that much time but still you start to see marty hart is like you know he's not a brilliant guy by any means but you know he's this conflicted he he became way more interesting to me and rust cole while i was still sort of interested in the pessimism stuff because i think it's really well expressed in there and he's a captivating kind of character and speaker i found myself really interested in these threads where it was sort of starting to break down throughout the story where like his philosophical pessimism kind of ran up against the world and sort of he could tell it didn't work anymore Mm. i found myself really interested in in sort of in those moments Hmm. yeah i mean russ cole one of the cool like one of the more I, don't, I hate to say interesting, but like a very three-dimensional character. And part of that comes from the fact that they show them split. They show them developing as people over the course of years and years and years on the show. Yeah, it it's quite vivid, some of the memory that I have of this, which is rare for television. Mm. Uh, yeah. Perhaps not as much as it as it once was. Uh, but, you know, this there's a vividness to my memory of this, and I haven't looked at it again recently. Uh, yeah. So my show prep consisted of fielding a text from you 10 minutes ago <laughs> oh oh that's right oh yeah oh well, yeah we're gonna do this yeah. just like uh, the old days yeah 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 exactly just just like the old yeah. days uh righteous yeah. humor if you can't spell yeah. it it's not for you yeah. the old the old podcast we did together and mm-hmm. um brad and i are partners which one are yeah. you are you are you rust or are you heart <laughs> ah, yeah that's a good question yeah um yeah i don't know man um huh. <laughs> it's a little bit of are both we- is it the line between Russ Cole yeah. and Marty Hart run down the run down the center of your heart? You know, <laughs> like that. Look, yeah. you know what I re- recall is the moment that he tells the woman, I believe, who killed her own children, uh, that she might as well kill herself yeah. because they're yeah. they're very unkind to, to people who hurt children in prison. Yeah, yeah. and he how has dark these, that is. He has the and there's there's that one and there's a, like two or three others where. Um, they call it being in the box and they say Russ Cole's like the best in the box. So people call him from all over the state to get confessions. And I barely remembered those moments, but they're fucking intense on a rewatch. He's just like, maybe it's, you know, having been a little more thinking a little more psychologically, but he's like, there's a moment where he gets this kid to basically confess to murder, and that's where he gets a big piece of evidence to reignite the reignite the investigation to the original murder that started the show. And he goes into this whole thing, like staring him in the eyes and telling him how he knows that there is a weight on him and how this weight has been with him his whole like <laughs> there's no there's no facts being talked about. He's just drilling into this guy's soul and mm. it's super intense. I think we should probably say this is going to be filled with spoilers. Oh, you yeah. Need to, uh, <laughs> yeah. This is a true detective season one uh, episode of Get This, the podcast yeah. about things people love. Get this podcast dot com. And I'm with Brad Kelly. Brad, where can people find you online before we keep going? Uh, I don't really exist online. I have a Twitter. I'm going to kick my Twitter back into action because I've realized I've got to um, probably rejoin the internet a little bit here. Because What's of, uh, your Twitter handle? Uh, I think it's just Brad Kelly. I think I joined back when there were, you know. Yeah. 
You just get your name. Before the, the <laughs> Russians took over, the Russians yeah, and the frogs. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so just B-R-A-D-K-E-L-L-Y. And yeah, hopefully I'm going to start putting some content on there again, hopefully. All right. All so, right. And I know. Yeah, man, I, got, course, I wrote a book yeah. and I got to try go. and, you know, act like I'm marketable again. So. All right. Yeah. Cool. But anyway. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about that. But first, let's let's, oh, yeah. let's stay on the True Detective thread. And then I want to talk a, a little bit about your book as we go, sure, uh, sure. if you want to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and people don't know, Brad and I met uh, in graduate school. We met at the Michener Center for Writers at UT Austin. Hook em horns all day. And uh, <laughs> just just like uh, good old Matty McConaughey. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a teacher there now. Uh, yeah. well, he's he's at, he's at every game. He's at, uh, you know, at every home oh, game. Really? Well, I don't know if he's at every game, but he yeah, was certainly at the there. LSU game. Nice. Uh, yeah, he's a big, uh, big Longhorn. Number numero uno Longhorno. Uh, cool. Yeah, cool. yeah. So, look, the other thing I was remembering about True Detective is season one, mm-hmm. and I am like you. It is the one season of the show that I have seen. Is that as a as a piece, it itself feels haunted somehow. Mm-hmm. It feels like when you turn it on, something is going to happen. That's how it yes. feels to me, and there are yeah. there are very few pieces of art that do that to, to yeah. me, relative to the, what's put out there. Yeah, I I think, and I actually thought about a kind of a similar similar thing. I actually got this is sort of related and sort of not. There's a whole school of thought of like uh, almost an artistic genre called hauntology. Um, it's pretty show interesting. Title. Show yeah. title. Hauntology. Yeah. Good. No, so, so, and there's, there's a series of artists who, especially musicians who are like part of the hauntology world, Boards of Canada being one of them. Um, so anyway, so like the idea is that like the past haunts this piece, right? And I think what it is in True Detective is I think as a viewer, if you're really paying attention, you're thinking through the things that the characters are saying and doing. You're I me. I'm afraid that I'm going to become Rust Cole. Yeah. And I'm afraid that I weirdly that I might become like I might if I zig when I should have zagged at some point in my life. I, there's a part of me that's afraid I would become one of these swamp cult people. <laughs> You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like with the sure. right set of experiences and the like right acid and meth at the right weird time <laughs> in your life that like absolutely or if you'd have grown up and right and or if you'd gotten into Iowa for grad yeah. school. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I would have let the CIA take over my brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think that's I think in I think that's at least part of what you're talking about though. There's like this fear that like and I love I love when character like Rust Cole is so good at expressing his points about, you know, how he's just a meat machine and there's no fucking point to life. He's really good at expressing that, whether you agree with it or not. And I think there's like an infection risk to it. Yeah, it has that feeling (laughs) Uh, comparable to the better parts of Twin Peaks. Yeah. And uh, there's a a band that I really like. This guy named Dan Barrett has, has a project called Have a Nice Life. And I'm okay. sure I've mentioned them to you. Yeah. And yeah. they they're, they have a new album coming out. Their their most famous album is called Death Consciousness. And this is one of those albums that's a me- you know, this meditation on depression and suicide. Yeah. That feels like it. And right. it's actually a relief to hear it because you hear a lot of depressing music and it's just a yeah. guy at his guitar being depressed. Right. And it's right. like, no, this whole, whole ambiance and atmosphere of this music... Mm. has the character of like dark 
depression. Right. Right. And then it's right. cathartic because you actually get to go there and you realize the experience, that feeling you're not alone and there's yeah. something in it that's controllable. Yeah. Well, um, there's that's some like union shadow work right there, man. Like mm-hmm. when it's when it's sort of well done, you yeah. know, because the pretend you don't have like those depressive or nihilistic tendencies is right. And I then, don't know, you know, yeah. And, not, and so what sure. what precisely is he chasing? If he believes these things, why why continue this hunt for the murderer? That's the core question. It's, yeah, it, it yeah. reaches a Camus kind of level of inquiry. What right? What then is what then are you doing? Yeah, and he and that's a really good question. And and I know and you know maybe that's the one sort of fault in the narrative is like really convincing you of that necessity. But like the one thing you do get out of it is he feels like it's the one thing. It's the one thing that he left on. He, it was the one thing that was his, he, it was his responsibility to take care of and he didn't do it. And cause he says at a certain point midway through the season that like, basically he wants to solve this and then kill himself. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's Dark. his plan. Yeah. yeah. Tremendous. <laughs> yes. I, as I was yeah. watching it, I recall floundering to, you know, to think, oh my God, is one of these guys the killer? Did, right. you, it, it, it takes you to that kind of fever dream panic yeah. over. Yeah, yeah. they do try to convince you that that Rust Cole, Matthew McConaughey's character, that he is the killer. Yeah, yeah. but it, it becomes pretty obvious that he. I mean, I, I feel like they don't make a very compelling case that he is. I guess, but yeah. they suggest that they they somehow double him with the killer. They obviously they mm-hmm. make him some sort of a correspondent. And you would yeah. you expect him to be heroic, <laughs> but he's right. but he's horrible. He's, yeah, he's he's a terrible yeah. person. You know, he says I'm hard to live with. There's <laughs> a there's a there's a Joker and Batman kind of dichotomy going on, right? Mm. Like, you know, where they 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 sort of make each other in a way. You know what the, else the, is yeah? You know what else is crazy about this is I'm looking back. It's eight damned episodes. Oh, it's so short. That's yeah. it. Yeah, it yeah. feels in my memory. It feels a lot bigger yeah i agree i agree yeah there was stuff when we were watching there was stuff that happened in the first episode i was like wait really like it happens in the first half an hour like mm. yeah to me it was you know much deeper into the season yeah they covered a lot of ground it's really efficient it's really efficiently written like yeah it doesn't it kind of doesn't meet a, miss a beat in a lot of ways hmm. interesting uh, i wonder what uh what the origin of it is and sort of what what inspired them uh i know it has to do with this thing the king in yellow which is something that i read many many years ago are you familiar with this is that a hp lovecraft thing yeah lovecraft references it and it's this fellow um chambers the king Hmm. in yellow is a book of short stories by american writer robert w chambers first published by f tennyson neely in 1895 it's named after a play with the same title which recurs as a motif through some of the stories. So it's this uh. made made up play. It's a forbidden play which induces despair or madness in those who read it. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good. Re- that's a yeah, that's a particularly good reference for that. For that, yeah, I never, I never fully understood the sort of the mythology that the cult was kind of working with. I love this. It's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, here are the Not names of the the stories. The Repairer of Reputations, The Mask, In the Court of the Dragon, The Yellow Sign, The oh, Demoiselle Dies, The Prophet's Paradise, stuff like that. And it has that, that Lovecraftian yeah. kind of creep. Yeah, the cult sort of aesthetic, for sure. Yeah. Here, 
Here, I you have to indulge me here. So, Chambers' story collection, we're talking about the King in Yellow, excerpts some sections from the play to introduce the book as a whole. For example, Casilda's song comes from Act 1, Scene 2. Along the shore, the cloud waves break. The twin sun, suns sink behind the lake. The shadows lengthen in Carcosa. Strange is the night where black stars rise and strange moons circle through the skies, but stranger still is lost Carcosa. Songs that the Hyades shall sing where flap the tatters of the king must die unheard in dim Carcosa. Song of my soul, my voice is dead. Die thou unsung as tears unshed shall dry and die in lost Carcosa. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> and some guy in the Northeast just yeah, <laughs> like yeah, in, in the middle of long winter, winter just going, yeah. oh my God, get me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's intense. I should yeah. reread those stories. I recall them being quite good. And, oh, really? Yeah. That's, that, that's a pretty good piece of writing right there. I mean, yeah. Oh, this is yeah. what it was. Is he's from Brooklyn. This guy was from Brooklyn. Ah, yes. <laughs> that makes yes, sense. It all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So when was the last time you watched it, Brad? Oh, I mean, we just finished it like last wow. two weeks ago, maybe. So, yeah, it's, it's all pretty fresh, you know. And I, I um, yeah, there and there's there's so the, it got kind of I don't know if it got sort of satirized or sort of made fun of or, or um, I'm always interested when there's like a character like Russ Cole, who, who's really pretty good at explaining philosophical kind of concepts and everybody in the show is like, what the hell is he talking about? Like, <laughs> like, or they sort of everybody pretends like they have no idea what he means. Right. Uh, right. Like we all haven't thought about the fact that we're right. spinning around on this in the right. void. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but like, um, you know, so I think the part that got kind of made fun of is like that or or sort of I don't even know if made fun of lampooned kind of lampooned was the part where he talks about time being a flat circle. Um, and so there's sort of shades of, in that of like, you know, Nietzsche's eternal return. Um, you know, I don't I guess I don't know what the flat part is necessarily supposed to mean. Oh, man, other maybe, than, he's a, maybe he's a flat earther. Could be a flat earther. <laughs> a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you think about it being a flat circle. I think it's I think it. Well, it, to me, it suggests mood. The idea yeah. that it's meaningless. There's, sure. Yeah. There's yeah. There's nothing. no like de- there's no depth to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. There's a there's also sort of towards the end, and this is a huge spoiler alert if you haven't seen it because this is like the last scene practically. There is a sort of moment of redemption for Cole when he kind of reaches this like miniature Gnostic enlightenment at the end, where they're kind of looking at the sky, and there's this discussion about like the dark and the light of you know starlight. And the episode's called Form and Void, you know, which is pretty intense. And he has this sort of notion of like, oh, okay, well, there's more dark than light. But at one point it was all dark. And that's like the sort of moment of which he's sort of like, he's capable of like extracting some kind of vitality or reason for living without negating his interpretation and experience that life is like suffering and bleak. Right. Which is always, you know, he doesn't actually have to give up the prior belief. He he just adds an and to the end of it, sort of. But this whole sort of duality of reality being a, uh, a light and dark, good and evil sort of intention is pretty is, you know, it's not a new idea by any means. It's like the oldest idea, really. But it is very exciting that this show 
you know, you go to the Wikipedia and they're talking about Schopenhauer and uh, yeah. Chambers and Nietzsche and all the rest of it. It's it's pretty exciting that ideas of that level have reached television and and are really thickly layered in something that you can digest in a weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's pretty cool, and it's and it's pretty well done. It's not done in like a kind of a flimsy way. I don't think. I feel like it, they did a good job of like. Yeah, I mean, he goes on monologues about, it, but it's kind of integrated into the show. Like it, it is I, how he actually operates. Yeah, you know? I never felt like we were being preached at, or like it was a philosophy one hundred and one. Uh, yeah, at, yeah, at least in my memory of it. Yeah, uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like that at all. It actually, all when he's talking about it, it all feels pertinent. Like it comes about in talking about something he's an actual event he's being asked about so it's kind of a master class in integrating that stuff into dialogue yeah it can be done uh despite yeah. what people in your writer's workshops may right. tell you right. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah it, and in fact writer's people workshop love it is gonna prefer that you don't actually write about anything actually <laughs> yeah like, we, they want you to write but not don't actually write about anything right your writer's workshop <laughs> is slowly trying to destroy you methodically <laughs> undercutting your no yeah. uh it's just tricky this stuff is hard to massage into writing and it's not Definitely. easy to do so it's uh you know for for most of your career in, in writers workshops people are going to sort of notice it as something to talk about yeah um sure. and of course so much of it is about how it's delivered and and the scene itself and the, the quality of the acting and all the rest yeah, the, fucking styles everything, man. Mm, mm, it does, doesn't it? Not everything, but it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I I remember so vividly the the first kill, the the murder they're trying to solve, and how yeah. vivid and cr just fucking creepy it is. You yeah. look at it, and you go, God, that's creepy. I can't ever unsee that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and there was a certain like nacrous like. They showed the body in a way that, like, you could tell it had sort of started to turn. Oh. <laughs> sort of, you know what I mean? Yeah, but not yeah. in a grotesque way, but just right. sort of like. Well, I mean, and this now yeah. has the quality of a dark flashback. It has the quality of a dream where you you committed mm. murder and buried the mm -hmm. body, and uh, that's a fairly common dream. Please tell me that's a fairly common dream. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like, why do I have that dream every night, Brad? <laughs> um, been watching too much True Detective season one. <laughs> Um, the only thing that helps it is podcasting. Right. <laughs> you have to have a cathartic release. I'm doomed. <laughs> um, well, this is great. I, you know, I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, other, other pieces of media that came out of this. You're right. It, it you know, began the anthology, uh, sort of thing. The, the other one that was quite big was, um, and this was years later, but it was, it was also momentous was the night of, uh, yeah. The night of was good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This yeah, has that pretty, kind of a cool. a vibe, doesn't it? It does a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely like a yeah. Night of was interesting, man. You know, because John Turturro is great. The guy, the kid who plays, you know, the main character in the Night of is great. Um, I am thinking of the right mo right show, right? Or that kid gets falsely mm -hmm. accused of murder. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then you watch his slow decline as he's in prison, like yeah, becoming crazier and crazier. Hmm. I think Not the, even crazier, but like becoming more self-possessed as like a as a convict type person is kind of interesting. I'm I'm doing some more reading about True Detective, and it's saying uh, principal photography took three months. Oh shit! Between 100 and 110 days, from January to June of 2013, approximately five minutes of film were shot per day. Now I don't know if huh. that's uh, 
a lot or a little, but it sounds like a little to me. It does sound like a little. But then some mm -hmm. movies, well, yeah, I don't know what a typical shooting time for a movie is, but three months, I guess, is crazy. Hmm. Yeah, (laughs) eight eight episodes. Really interesting. So let's see here. Uh, This is, it was created by this guy, Nick Pizzolatto. I believe he was mm-hmm. the was he the, was he the creator? He's a writer, yeah. And then yeah, I the think writer. the uh, the episodes that were directed by Carrie Fukamanga or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So cool. Well, if you haven't watched yeah. True Detective season one, this is a call to action to do so. I I'm Heck certainly yeah. going to go back and and rewatch it. Uh, holds up, man. I mean, yeah. it's only been five years, but it holds up. <laughs> sure. Well, I got a flight coming up. I'm flying to LA uh, on Saturday oh, cool. to go see Tool on Sunday. Oh, nice, yeah, man. baby. Awesome. All That'd right. be great. Rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going there just to see them? Or I'm going like... there to see Tool. No shit. Right. <laughs> Buy Coastal in LA well, when it comes to Tool. Well, I, this yeah. is a big deal, man. That <laughs> that's album, awesome, man. Yeah, is it going to be a coming episode? We're going to talk about Tool with Sean Phillips. Right. Uh, that's going to cool. be the new album is is excellent. If you haven't heard it, check it out. And uh, uh, I got actually, I actually got to put in. I told myself I was going to put in headphones and listen to the whole thing, like beginning to end, without distraction. And I just fucking have not got around to it yet. So I need to do that. <laughs> Give it a three day weekend. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there isn't a single tune on that album that is shorter than ten minutes. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah why not? Just yeah, do it. yeah. They you went know, for you it. You don't got to make radio hits anymore. Who gives a who gives a shit? Despite that, you know, this is a band that hasn't made music in well, they I don't know they they haven't released an album in thirteen years, and yeah. they release something like this, <laughs> and they knock Taylor Swift off number one. i I, I felt good about that so anyway i'm excited about that but yeah maybe i'll download say i gotta i gotta go and pay for the season it's probably worth getting this is this is that kind of television yeah Uh, it's that kind of content you know it's probably worth the 10 bucks you know rent it watch the first episode and if you're not sure uh but i think you're gonna be hooked how long is each episode brad it's like an an hour yeah Yeah. 53 minutes or whatever yeah you know and this is probably stating the obvious but it's so nice that content like this exists now. I don't even like the word content. That art yeah. like this exists now mm-hmm. where you <laughs> there's there's no ads. There's no, no cliffhanger stop that right. has to inform the story. It no. moves. And yeah. it moves on its own on its own rules. Mm-hmm. And yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the whole the sort of big TV great TV show limited series sort of thing. They've got their whole own structure. That's pretty fascinating, you know. And they're all done differently. You know, because they're not confined. I mean, great there's great 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 films, but structurally the TV shows are pretty getting to be pretty interesting to me now. I'm thinking about writing a TV show is what I'm saying. <laughs> Hell yeah, you should do. Yeah, I'm I worked on one. I may try to pick that up. I'm working on a a film script right now uh a feature with my friend abby okay. and uh cool, man yeah it's a silly comedy we're excited so about how, that how far like what step oh, are you about, in the process? about halfway through the first draft we've got about 45 okay. pages yeah yeah i want to oh, talk man. about some of some of the other things you got going on brad so you're you're affianced you're getting you're gonna get married yeah yeah you get married in march you're man. going march to the church 28th. No, not to church, but no. yes, we're getting married. <laughs> <laughs> is her father going to be, you know, coming along with a shotgun or? No, <laughs> no. You know, what's crazy. Time. It's funny is um, her dad is a judge and he's actually going to officiate. Oh, all right. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. That's, that feels pretty serious. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Holy. Yeah, so I just, I, yeah. I picture him now. I know you're in Detroit, but uh, I picture yeah. him with a, a six shooter. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, he's gotta be, I'm sure he's had. He's he's uh, not quite in the city. He's in a neighboring county. He's the judge, but yeah, I imagine he's he's run into some tough scenarios. I'm sure. So it's not an easy cool job. That your 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 father-in-law is gonna be. You know what? That feels right, Brad. <laughs> that feels right. That feels okay. like knowing your poetic arc. If you were Carl Jung. And writing yeah. your own red book, the Brad book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think you would predict a judge as your does yeah. he does this this father in law judge dance with a bear? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know of. That I Maybe know of. an obscure reference. What am yes. I referencing there, Brad? Oh, that's Judge Holden, man. Yeah. yeah from what? Yeah. From Blood Meridian, <laughs> which would have been my second choice to talk about on this podcast. Well, yeah. this one, we're going to cut it just slightly short. We're going to keep going yeah. for a little while longer, but we're going to cut it slightly short because I got to get downtown to, I got to go meet a, meet a guy about a thing. Oh, uh, good. But uh, yeah, we should definitely do a Blood Meridian episode. That'd be sweet. Yeah. 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 That sounds yeah, like cool. um, maybe even to do something like over the holidays, reread it or something. Yeah, we'll figure that out. This yeah. is- this feels a Blood Meridian adjacent, doesn't it? True Detective. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It does I feel like um, um, sort of thematically it's similar? Obviously, they're set in very different times, and the actual plot's very different. But I, I yeah, they're the guy who wrote True Detective has read Blood Meridian. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, and it's probably one of his favorite books. Hmm. You know, if you're out there and you hear this, or if you know this fellow, ask him and let us yeah. know because yeah. you know maybe maybe not. Maybe all he yeah. does is read The King in Yellow over and over. Maybe that that's disturbing. He's yeah. just reading The Call of Cthulhu on <laughs> on repeat. Um, yeah, interesting. So, yeah, Blood Meridian. Let's do that. That'd be a good yeah, one. I'm down for that. For good sure. old Cormac. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta yeah. reread it. Uh, and it is. What is it? What is it? We're talking about. We're talking about dark Americana, serious yeah. American yeah. writing about that. Um, yeah, the dark yeah. side of humanity. Is sort of like um, I think about the intoxication of uh, negative philosophy i don't even know if negative is the right word the intoxication of sort of dark philosophies because judge holden has this thing in common too where you can't disagree with him but if you do agree with him like intellectually you it's hard to disagree with him but if you do agree with him you're like sort of damning yourself on some on some level just like a flat earther yeah (laughs) all of these shows are about flat earthers <laughs> that's what the, that's the kind of thing a flat earther would say. <laughs> <laughs> did I did I tell you that I, I started listening to uh, Sam Tripoli's podcast to uh, Tinfoil oh, okay. Hat, and yeah, okay. I'm going to see them in LA too. Uh, and they're oh, doing right a off. show at the Comedy Store. Is uh, he a flat earther? I you know you know what he was. I'm open minded, man. Right. Like, right. I can't do him, but you yeah, know that one's that one's too far for oh, me. Oh man, no, I don't think he's a flat earther, but he's yeah. he's trying to. He's the uh, the ringside promoter at a WWE event. Okay. He's just trying to get everybody together to see the scrum. Uh, okay, I think yeah. you know, and I have no doubt he's he's earnestly open minded. It comes over. He's sure. he, he wants facts and he wants to hear this this guy's opinion. And there's a recent yeah. episode where the there's this classic flat Earth guy. Can't remember his name, but he's um down the rabbit hole is oh, yeah. uh, way down the rabbit hole is his is his uh, URL. But he's he's been on at least two different podcasts that I've listened to. <laughs> and he yeah. comes out and he has the same talking points and he's he's oh, yeah. like a machine about right, this right, flat right. earth stuff. Um anyway. Uh, yeah, it, there's some rabbit holes to go down, man. That's not mine in particular, but yeah, I mean I believe a lot of other weird shit too, so I try not to dismiss it too hard, you know. Mm, but that one's I don't know, it's that one's hard for me to buy. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he starts describing this ice wall in Antarctica, right. Antarctica that nobody's. I'm like, you're just watching Game of Thrones, man. Right. Right. Like, are you? Yes, exactly. I mean, I don't know. I shouldn't talk shit. I don't really yeah. know. Uh, yeah. It's just yeah. it's an easy thing to pick pick fun of, I guess. Yeah. As a, as a philosophical exercise, as a as a sort of line of in- inquiry to yeah. test and test and test and, and to be rigorous, the, they are kind of making the point that what do we really know immediately? We sure. we take so much on trust and so much on faith. So in that yeah. regard, I can get well, behind that's, it. That's fair. I mean, if if the if the core of the thing is, hey, you're being lied to about a lot of things, pay attention. Then yeah, yeah, I agree with flat earther. Like <laughs> philosophically, I'm kind of on board with flat earthers. There, I just don't think that's the particular thing we're being lied to about. <laughs> that's maybe not the the hill to yeah. die on as you yeah. as you look just, for the curvature of the earth. I, I just don't understand who would gain from that. <laughs> That's what I understand. That is kind of the flaw in the system, the idea. and this, But this guy's theory as per why there's such a concentration of, of that idea is because yeah. they, the mysterious they, want us to right. believe that we're in the middle of a void and we're spinning on this oh, ball. Okay. And, of course, the okay. next question is, well, dude, what difference does it make if it's flat then? <laughs> right. It, none of that. That doesn't make a goddamn <laughs> difference. There, right. you, you, we're still, you yeah. know, if, if anything, it's even worse Right. If we're, if we're being lied to like that. Right. right. You know, so yeah. I, I don't know. He's like promising some sort of idea like, oh, if we can just wake up to the truth, then we, we'll know we're, yeah. we have a lot of meaning and we create our own reality with our minds and we're not just floating in a void. So what? We're like on a flat circle that goes forever? You're just a frisbee that's – you're a frisbee that's <laughs> – flying through the universe I, yeah, yeah like, I, don't well, know. I don't even know like it it's, it doesn't yeah. offer me some solace yeah you know so i don't yeah. know this is what yeah. i get for for listening to these dumb uh it's i dude listen i've listened to a bunch of i listen to higher side chats every episode that comes out what so, is higher side chats higher side chats is a great conspiracy podcast um some of the episodes are ridiculous like some of them are pretty good and you know you kind of agree with them some of them are things like Okay, what is uh, the food like? What is what's really going on in the food industry? Ooh, that's and then the next episode will be like, all right, what about this hollow earth thing? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then the next episode is like, you know, so he wanders between like political conspiracies and like more sort of paranormal kind of stuff. Sounds but, like a like a pretty close to like a, a good old fashioned Rogan mixture. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. It's, it's what people think Rogan. People who've never heard Joe Rogan, it's what they think the Joe Rogan experience is. is it, the it's the platonic ideal of the conspiracy Joe yes, Rogan. It is. I will, pretty, he, yeah. he's, he, get good, he gets good guests too. Like, you know, every episode is a guest and somebody who's just written a book or something. Oh, cool. You know? so, Dude, yeah. what, it, what has happened to the American food supply? Yeah, It's right? poison. It's <laughs> right? toxic. Yeah. Holy shit, Brad! Yeah. I was in, I was in Mexico City for twelve yeah. days recently, and uh, you know, I don't want this to be like a love it or leave it thing. I, you know, I love the United yeah. States, and I'm, you know, I love my my countrymen in, in in New York and all the rest, and and uh, you know, my people sure. are here and all the rest. Yeah. But it's like, you know, and the dollar goes a long way there, but the yeah. quality of the food in Mexico City is staggering. Really, you will notice. You'll go have oh, street shit. tacos for two dollars, and it's it's not just the quality of the ingredients. It's the it's the way that the portions what they serve you. They're not scrimping. They're not filling you up with carbs and beans right. and junk. You're getting like legit food, yeah. fresh. You know, I don't know, man. I yeah, we don't, I we was do that here. I was spooked out. I, I was yeah. eating, and I was like, oh 
oh, this is really bad. It, you know, and, and maybe maybe it's because I'm in Manhattan, you know, yeah. and I'm kind of. I don't know, yeah. man. It's like that everywhere, you know. Like I, I'm, uh, I, I make a lot of stops in like convenience stores and stuff because I, I work outside all day long now, every day. So I make like a lot of stops in convenience stores, just like pick up this and that. Yeah. Most convenience stores, you cannot buy a beverage that is not water that doesn't have sugar in it. it mental. Absolutely yeah. nuts. There's nothing. There's nice. literally water and then just sugar. 1,700 kinds of sugar. Yep. It's insane. Yeah, it's yeah. totally out of out of control. Yeah. And that, that isn't about profit, I don't think. It's not. I don't I, think it, so either. They could, do, they could do other things. That's about, yeah. maybe it is. Maybe that is our palate. Maybe Americans just want to drink cans of sugar. But I, I, I'm skeptical, man. I think it's about uh, something else. Yeah. I, yeah. There's, there's, there's a bit of a conspiracy. I think it's been, you know. Big sugar has gotten big it. sugar. It's it's gotten its sugary paws all over everything. Dude, but, yeah. that'd be a good name for a band or an album. Big sugar. Big sugar. Yeah. If big sugar yeah. doesn't exist already, yeah. I, I got to pick yeah. up a Lock bass. That down. Yeah, yeah, that's just it's just a band with three bassists. Yeah, that's right. Big sugar. Then <laughs> 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 just a drum machine. <laughs> they, they just do covers of Sisters of Mercy, really bad yeah. covers yeah. of the Sisters yeah, of Mercy. Just really saccharine and syrupy <laughs> versions of stuff. <laughs> oh man. They keep trying to learn that one Zeppelin tune, but they can't pull it off. Um <clears throat> so Brad, let's uh let's talk a little bit about you know what can you tell us about the book? Sure. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and, and congrats on the on the the nuptials, the pending nuptials. Oh, thanks, man. I'll be Appreciate there. it. Anything I can yeah. do, Brad? Yeah, I'm, I'm your amigo. Anything I I've can got do, a, man. I got a I got a job for you. It's going to be easy. We'll talk okay. about it. Whatever I can do to help, man. I'm your. It's super easy. Okay. Being there will take care of half of it. But awesome. Yes. I'm your. It's going to be. Your we're going to have a good time, man. Dude, it's, it's going to be great. And I'll I'll do my best to work on um, having a stable relationship so I can bring a plus one who <laughs> that'd I be awesome. to, I don't have to hire. We'd love to have you, you know, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, man, I can't wait. It's going to be great. I, it's it's already in my calendar. Good. All good, right, buddy. Good. So, uh, yeah, go on. So, yeah, so the book, um, been working on it for like four years somehow, um, and uh, finished it recently, you know, at least the standard of as good as I can make it. So it's called House of Sleep. It's, um, uh, I'm calling it literary sci-fi, P-S-Y-Fi. Um, so it's sort of about... The, the general conceit of it is that there has been a drug has been invented that can make you remember your dreams as clearly as you remember yesterday. There is a sort of retreat workshop slash cult living on a plateau run by a gentleman called the diving man. Nobody seems to know his real name. And he just sort of draws people up into this place and they all every night they take this pill and they're gradually like building this dream world together. Um, and one of the main characters who gets drawn there is somebody who's hoping that by exploring the dream world, they can get some closure uh, to some grief in their life. Their fiance has passed away in a car accident. She's hoping to get some closure on that. And then there is a cast of characters that are sort of drawn to the plateau. Um, I don't want to give too much of the plot away, but it's a little bit of like a psychological thriller, you know, kind of stylistic um, the diving man, some of it is written from the diving, diving man's perspective. I think he's a pretty interesting character. You know, he's a guy who every day he jumps a hundred feet off of a cliff, holds himself underwater for 10 minutes. And he seems to like have all these kind of mercurial abilities and nobody's sure if he can actually do these things or not. Um, kind of compelling guy. Not good at elevator pitches. Hey, that's no, that's all right. It. That's all right. Yeah. That's pretty good, man. That sounds yeah. good to me. Yeah. And, uh, you, yeah. you've been working on this for years, right? 
Four years. Yeah, you know, if I didn't have to, you know, I've got, I've had a lot of stuff happen in those four years that have, have, have uh, shrunk my t- my ability to do it substantially. So it feels good to finally be done. And I got, you know, another one in mind that I've started working on. So boom. Just keep at it. Yeah. All right, man. Hey, Brad, thanks for coming on the show. I'm so grateful, man. And I'm so happy yeah. that you're, that you're engaged and, and, uh, you know, that I'm just uh, very proud of you. And I think that's just tremendous, man. Um, yeah, it's so good and, to see you, man. Yeah. And same with the novel, just, uh, yeah. you know, amazing. Uh, you know, anything I can do to help with that, I'd happy to, I'm happy to be sure. an early reader. And then of course, when it comes out, when it gets published uh, <laughs> and all the rest, we'll have you back on. I'm feeling pretty confident about this one, man. I, all right, I, baby. Yeah. You know. I'm sending it out to a bunch of agents. I think I've sent right. it out to six so far, and I've cool. got a list of more. So I'm going to hammer it as hard as I can. We'll see Fantastic. what happens. Fantastic. All right. If you're a yeah. literary agent or you know anybody uh, who is, you can find us. You can find Brad on Twitter, or you can hit us at getthispodcast.com. Yeah. Uh, it's Ooh. on uh, Facebook. I'm on Twitter at Kevin Kautzman. Go to getthispodcast.com. You'll see everything. You got all the episodes. You got all the rest. We're going to have a psychedelic picture of Brad Kelly done by uh, the great Peniel Collada. Uh, and yes. uh Brad, man, let's let's do this again. We'll do Blood Meridian uh, maybe in a couple of months. That sounds great. All right. Uh, yeah. Hey, just one for posterity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just say it. Just say if you can't spell it, it's not for you. If you can't spell it, it's not for you. All right. <laughs> that's a, that's an old <laughs> podcast. That's season one. We're on a Sing. new season yeah. now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> All right, amigo. Yeah, have a good night, man. Peace, Take buddy. care. Later. Bye-bye. Thank you.